The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? What's going on? This is G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren. I am joined this week by Denny Basins from gcobb.com. Denny, what's happening, buddy? Uh, good things, Micah. Good things. and Good Eagles win <laughs> last night. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about because since uh, since last week's show, we've had two Eagles games, which is uh, pretty rare. So we can't only talk about good things because that's true. <laughs> Very true. There's, there's some issues from last week. Um, you know, I, I think this is what everyone kind of saw after the Bears game. I mean, they lost by what five or six points to the Bears, and of course, you know, doom and gloom. The sky was falling, and but, but a lot of people said, you know, just go get the win over the Texans, and, and all is well. That's kind of what's happened here. Uh, the loss to the Bears was kind of, you know, the Eagles were kind of set up for that. Uh, they had a, a not necessarily a rough patch the schedule, but you know, it, it was uh, certainly some tough games. Uh, you go on the road to sloppy Soldier Field. The Bears kind of have the Eagles' number. They, they always give them fits. You know, you kind of just saw at some point. I just kept thinking, I was like, at some point, there's going to be a third and one where the Eagles can't get a first down, because that's what happens against the Bears. That's the kind of games it is. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, playing four games in um, a span of, what, uh, 18 days is um, really tough on a team, and to come out of that three and one is uh, very impressive, and keep in mind, you're playing some tough games here, uh, two of them against uh, division opponents, and then one of them on a short rest. Yeah, it's tough, the, uh, you know, Bears. You got to cut him a break a little bit. And actually, we have we have Haran Knight. Is Haran with us now? Is he on? I'm right. I'm right here. How's everybody doing? <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh <laughs> man! So, so we're Getting just warning about these late games. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. So, so for you guys right now, I mean, after the Bears game, and then they come back to get the win over the Texans at home. Uh, it, it, it's certainly not a dominating win, but you'll take it a ten point win over the Texans. I mean, they're they're, they're not dogs. Are you guys up on the Eagles or are concerned right now? Uh, I'm up I'm on the Eagles right now. Um, I think there there are some concerns about the defense. So they they got um, they let the Texans gain too many yards, uh, put up too many points. There were too many times where they couldn't get off the field last night. Uh, I mean, and you know, if uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't make that interception, uh, maybe Houston goes down the field and uh, scores a touchdown before the half. Maybe we're talking about a different game. But overall, the um, the offense. Still looks really strong. Uh, Vic continues to play at a very high level, uh, and you have guys uh, stepping up all over the field, uh, making plays. Whether it's uh, Jeremy Macklin, um, Brent Selleck last night making that uh, extra effort to get the first down uh, late in the game was a key. Yeah, nice of him to join us. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm very up on the Eagles. Um, pretty much like 
the way the defense played against the Texans didn't concern me as much as the Texans have been doing that to everybody pretty much this year. There's actually only been three games where they've been held under 20 points. Of course, all of those were losses. I was more concerned about the Bears game, but even with that, I, I don't think they, the Bears could duplicate that game with Asante Samuel on the field. If you look at a lot of those big plays that Jay Cutler made, they all seem to be in areas and on plays that Asante Samuel specializes in, like the short slants that he likes to jump and return for an interception for a touchdown on. So while everybody's saying he looked like the next Joe Montana, I, I didn't buy anything that Jake Cutler did in that game at all. No, I, I, who doesn't? I, I can't stand him. God, I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. All of his touchdown passes were on, like you said, they all went to the right side. That's Asante's side. Now, we know Asante is not what you would consider your prototypical shutdown corner, but he does make you think twice about throwing to his side. You've got to be careful. And what right. we know about Cutler is he's not careful. He would have thrown those balls regardless. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the outcome might have been, been a little different. three interceptions that they get in that game if Asante was <laughs> playing. <laughs> and, one or, and one or two turnovers, we would have to agree. I mean, changing a lot with that game. Uh, right. You know, everyone's like, oh, this is Jay Cutler. Come on. Come on. You know, just a, just a year ago, they were all on, or not even a year, a couple months ago, before the start of the season, they're all down on the guy. Uh, and no one thinks the Bears are winning more than six or seven games. And uh, I mean, now he, he plays um, one uh, flawless game, and everybody's high on Jay Cutler. Against just a miserable secondary, and that's this has got to be an issue. It, look, people get hurt. It's next man up. Next guy goes in. But... Did any of us have any idea what the secondary would turn into without Asante? I didn't. It was terrible. Well, I mean, if, it, you look, if you look at the Eagles' secondary without Asante, you have Dimitri Patterson, undrafted. been admirable. He's done a decent job, but let's be honest, you know. Well, it, it's a little early to tell if he's the, uh, you know, the answer on the, the uh, other side of Asante. He's, he's, not the, he's not the answer at all. When it when it's all said and done, he he he, he works hard, but his talent level is pro- he's probably reached his ceiling. Nate Allen is a rookie, so he has no experience. Trevor Lindley yeah, is a bad. rookie. He's been bad lately, though. Hold he's been bad. Oh yeah, he has. I mean, I, I, I give him credit for that. Um, for that that fumble at the, um, late in the game, which which um, helped us pad, pad the lead. I don't know if it was the very last drive or the one that led to the last touchdown, but that that was a key as well. It was a killer, yeah. It, it was a kill shot. But, yeah, Nate Allen, he still has a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's not his fault. You're throwing a second-round pick in there and saying, yeah, go play. Well, <laughs> you're said and done. So I don't think any of us are really worried about Nate Allen. Like you said, he's a kid. Right, uh, but the the main the main concern is anytime you have to start Joselio Hansen. Oh God, <laughs> he is brutal. And then you throw in Quentin Michael, who had a better game last night. But yeah, I'm, actually, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Quentin Michael fan. I was actually surprised he had a good game. He's very he's had a rough year. Yeah, I mean he's had a rough two years ever since Dawkins left. Yeah, oh uh, yes, yeah, he has. <laughs> to say the least. I was never huge on him. I Me either. Like he, got, he got a lot of praise. Uh, what, he went to the Pro Bowl in 08, which, what's that mean? Nothing. I mean, Pro Bowl I got, was the biggest I, joke. I got 
I got cremated because I would not give him his due after that season because I guess he is second team all pro. I'm like, they still need to upgrade the strong safety position. I was never sold on Quentin Michael. I mean, he's a he's a good player, but he's nowhere near the difference maker some people try to make him out to be. No, he's okay. I think he's a liability in a lot of cases. Hey, you know, Bobby Abreu won a gold glove once. You know, right. <laughs> Show you what some of those awards are worth. Anyone that watched him every day knows that was big everyone like, what? He won what? Right. <laughs> That's hard to believe. <laughs> the secondary is a concern. Uh, but it really it's more of a concern if you're not getting the pass rush from the front four. Um and I wonder what do you what do you guys do with the tackles at this point? Antonio Dixon is better than Buckley, I'm sorry. And Absolutely, he is. Trevor Laws is starting to show you something. You know, Bunkley and Patterson, I feel like, have just occupied space for the last four or five years. They're not bad, but would you look at... Go ahead. Changing something? Go ahead. Would you you make a change here at some point? I mean, obviously, Dixon and Laws are getting more time. Right. Patterson had... Whatever Dixon and Laws are doing... In some instances, like the last couple of games with the sacks he's got, it looks like it's making Patterson work harder. Um, I mean, he's still not not a top-tier defensive tackle. I was never really sold on him as a number one pick. The the biggest disappointment to me is Bunkley. What happened to him? I I don't know. (laughs) Is Denny, did you ever like him, or is he just has he always been just kind of below the radar? It's I've always been kind of disappointed with him too. Uh, I remember when he was drafted, um, he was supposed to be um, a great uh, pass rushing defensive tackle, and we've barely seen that from him um, over his career. And and now you, you saw after he got hurt, just the difference that it made. I mean, uh, Dixon uh, is constantly getting into the backfield and. Uh, it's just, it's just night and day with uh, Dixon out there as opposed to Bunkley. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm the same way. Even when you know we watch this stuff on draft day, and you see who your team gets, and all of a sudden you get all excited watching the highlights. You're like, oh my god, this is great! And when they showed Patterson and Bunkley, when you're watching draft day, I remember watching Patterson's highlights like as they go talk about how great he is. And you guys in the backfield the whole time. Where did that go? Why? What happened? Can you not do it against NFA? I thought both of them, like you said, I thought Bunkley was going to be these. I thought these two were just going to be in the backfield being disruptive. And instead, it's almost like they're ends in a three-four, kind of occupying space and taking on blockers. What's the, what's the defense? What's, who's the defensive line coach? Uh, Rory Seagrass. Oh, you got to be kidding me with him! Um, you got to be kidding me with him! I mean, there's a, there's a, they they moved him out off of special teams for a reason. Now, now he just needs to go out the door. Around, <laughs> what's he ever done? What? If, on one That's hand, nothing. you look at Andy Reid. You look at Andy Reid and the Eagles. On one hand, and they, you slip up a little bit, you're gone. They have no time for you. On the other hand, they have loyalty to these people. That, why? Why do you have loyalty to Rory Seagrass? What's he done? What has David Cully done with the wide receivers? Not much. I mean, when it comes down to it, what the, the receiver's strengths are speed. So if they, they don't have that speed, if they don't have that speed, they don't really 
I mean, they've gotten a little bit better with their route running, uh, but I think it's more on the individual working than the actual coach in, in those instances. A lot of the skill positions, including um, one Juan Castillo, who everybody tries to say is the best offensive line coach in the league sometimes. Right. But it, there's instances where you look at the state of this offensive line this year, the last couple of years, if you you position coach is that good, it should make it that much easier for some of the backup players to step in. But you can always see a difference. Like, look at when Jamal Jackson went down and Nick Cole had to go in at those last two games against Dallas. Um, Dallas Reynolds, um, A.J. Shipley, these guys should have been a little, a little bit more prepared. <laughs> He's on the alarm. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it, 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 seems, it seems like when, when these guys come in, you can even go to King Dunlap, even though that was against Richard Seymour, or the Winston Justice pre- preview or debut against the Giants. They've, nobody's come in prepared as an offensive lineman unless they've been a starter from day one. <laughs> and they, But they treat him as though he should have. Like, oh, you just go in. Yeah, you haven't played? Okay, good. You're on your own. OCU in Europe. Good. Have fun. Look, we got, we got to come back. We're going to dig more into these games. Uh, we got to take a break. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Trav. World-renowned hunter Tom Miranda, Luminox Jim Crane, North American Hunting Magazine's editor Gordy Cron, and Alaskan moose hunter Scott Carlson will be our special guests and will be entered on the trail with a guy that thinks a fibula is a small lie. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. 
All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. Uh, I'm Micah Warren, along with Denny Basins and Ron Knight from GCOB.com. We're obviously talking about we got two Eagles games to go over, uh, which I think the, the one last Sunday people would probably prefer to forget. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys about Vic right now, because I know uh, after the Giants game, well, you watched the Giants game two weeks ago, and you're like, uh-oh, someone looks mortal. You know, because, of course, after the Redskins game, it was like, oh, <laughs> this guy invented the position. <laughs> uh, and then he, he has a, he didn't have a bad game against the Giants, but he kind of, he came back to earth a little bit against the Bears a little more so. Uh, obviously, when he came back last night and played against the Texans, it was like, okay, phew, this is the guy that, that we have been watching. Was it just a case of, of the Giants and Bears having just better defenses? Because, I mean, let's be honest, the Houston Texans defense is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So, do you worry about, you know, when he faces a good defense, is that going to have, I mean, the, the Bears front four is phenomenal. And the blueprint with, you know, the, from them and the Giants was, you know, make him run to his right and flush him out that way. And he's very, very ineffective running to his right. Do you worry, and Denny, I'll ask you first, do you worry that he can struggle against some of these better, better defenses that might come after him? You know what? Um, I'm not worried about him. And I'll say this because now they say he didn't have a great game against the Giants, which may be true, but if you go back to that game, uh, if Deshaun Jackson and uh, Jason Avant don't drop those passes in the end zone, I mean, does that make him look uh, that much better that week? Um, no, you're, you're right. That's a very good point. And um, against the Bears, uh, you know, he struggled a little in that game too. And, you know, everybody on the Eagles – had some trouble with the field, but Vic also in that game, he did miss uh, Brent Selleck on a throw early in the game that could have put him up 7 nothing instead of 3 nothing, and you know, the the magic just wasn't there as it had been in the past, but you know, like I said, they're, they're playing um, four games in uh, 17 days, like it, it's only not, and considering you're coming off of like three big performances against the Colts, the Redskins, the Giants, um, it, that's just how it is in the NFL these days. Like, it, it's only natural to have like a, a letdown game here and there. And like you said, or like you mentioned earlier, so many people reacted after the Chicago game. Like, you know, the sky's falling. Uh, suddenly, we're in, we go from uh, Super Bowl contenders to um, in trouble. But you know, after last night, you see like uh, you back to the level that he had been at. Uh, so I'm not worried. I would like to see him putting a better game against the, the next time they play a stronger defense, but I'm not worried about him. Not at all. Uh, neither am I. I mean, games like that, you kind of have to remove the fan status from it and just look at it from a football perspective where the Giants and Bears, they just generally have good defenses, particularly along the line. And if you can get a good pass rush without having to blitz – these are things that can make a um, quarterback change change his style. And if you get and comfort, like um, Danny said, you can force Vic to his right. That that weakens him and brings him back down to earth. You can't expect uh, the, the Washington game. Is that was a video game? I don't expect right. to see that ever again. No, I mean it was just one of those type of games where you just don't believe what you're seeing. Everything just went perfectly. So. Right. 
to try to use that game to, to raise the bar up is, is just unrealistic. Uh, the, the, realism, the reality is the Bears and Giants play, played well, well against Vic, and it just shows how this is a team sport where they was able to beat the Giants regardless, and like I said, you got Noah Sante Samuel. You can't forget the loss of Jaquay Parker, too, who has been missed the past couple of games. Right. The Bears only the Bears only beat the Eagles by five. You know, so, and, and Ron, that was actually something that I looked at uh, when everyone was getting all upset all of a sudden. You know, because we had our big fantasy land going on. Like, oh my God, I'm going to lose again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at it, and you say, well, because I mean, come on, we all watched that game. Watching that Bears game, you were like, this team looks terrible. They looked awful. And you mentioned they lose by five. Well. To look that bad against a team that's well now eight and three, division leader, and still only lose by five, you could look at that as a positive. You know, exactly. a, lesser, a lesser team gets blown out, and, and they really didn't. But you know what, Denny? I'm going to touch on something you just said. The drops. What? What is the problem? Yeah, you had another one last night by uh, Avon in the end zone again. Uh, and then Selleck on the next play, it clanked right off his hands. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that one. But. What happened to Selleck? I understand his numbers are going to be down. I understand that because they're using him for max protect. He's not out in roots uh, as much as he usually has been. But yeah, I think he's been injured a little still. bit this year, too. Uh, a little banged up. You can talk about Selleck's blocking all you want and how to keep it on back, but when you're running a route and you're targeted, you got to make that play. I thought he, he could have dove for that ball. It is something. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to downplay <laughs> his effort, especially after that third and nineteen catch. But there's certain situations where it doesn't seem like full effort is put in. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And I'm, real quick, I mean, the, the third and nineteen play, and they're talking about, oh, his effort, his effort. Yeah, it's like Chris Rock always said about when someone brags about paying their bills. You're supposed to. <laughs> You're supposed to. I'm not going to sit here and get all excited because the guy gave ever. Oh, thanks, Brad. Thanks for, uh, whew, thanks for really trying hard on that one. We really appreciate it. You're supposed to. <laughs> and, you know, I hadn't thought of that until you mentioned it. Is it an effort issue? It's, it's got to be a focus issue. Why are you dropping you know, the ball? Maybe it's easier for him to lose that focus when he's when – He's not as um, as involved in the offense this year as he was a year ago. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, a little frustrating for him. And he, but still, like, I mean, that's no excuse. Like you, you have to be ready at all times. You never know when uh, your number is going to be called, and when it is called, you've got to be ready to do your part, or it could cost you. The, it could cost your team. Uh, and fortunately, last night on a uh, third and nineteen, uh, he was ready. But you, know, you said earlier in that game, like that was absolutely a pass he should have caught, and it, you wonder if that would, would have cost him if uh, things had gone a little differently. you think it's an accident right. that Clay Harbor's been worked in more the past few weeks? Uh, well, you know, he, he looked pretty good himself. Um, like, they haven't given him a ton of opportunities, but uh, it, it's nice to see him uh, get involved. Uh, and... I wonder, yeah, maybe if uh, they were concerned about his focus, if that was part of the reason for uh, Harbor being a little more involved the last few weeks. Right. Is there any? 
I'm still baffled at how somebody goes from being, I mean, this guy, Selleck has like been a day one guy. We're like, wow. All he does is really just get open. He's a good safety valve. He catches the ball when he's supposed to. And then, of course, he always takes a huge hit, but he seems to get up from him, so no one really cares. All of these things affect the next person because the Shines Jackson speed opens up the lanes for Selleck. So when that happens, you. If the more balls you catch, the more they gotta be honest with you, and that makes things better for Deshaun. They, those two really feed off each other, so it's almost imperative that he makes those plays. <laughs> yeah, and, and he is not a guy that you say, "Well, be ready when your number's called." He's a part of. He's a big part of the offense. Deshaun stretches the field. Now you've got Lashawn back. That, who, we're gonna get into him because he's just been phenomenal. Uh, you got Macklin right. You can't account for everyone. So that seam should be wide open for Selleck to just destroy you. Not, not be ready when your number's called. I'm sorry, he's supposed to be someone that's gonna that's lethal, that can really really do damage. And you know he had a better game last night, but we haven't seen that from him. Uh, right. I don't know if that's something that's going to change moving forward. If if it's something he's not doing, if it's you know, and, and it could always be too. Sometimes uh, I'm, I'm making excuses here that I'm doing. Sometimes certain quarterbacks latch on to certain guys. I don't know, you know, why you wouldn't latch on to a Selleck, but I mean, is that possible too? That he's just, you know, Vic seems to like Macklin. Hmm. Yes, you said Vic seems to like Macklin. Yes. Yeah, that, that's true. At first, it was mainly Deshaun. It seemed like the first couple of games of the season, if Vic was in, Deshaun Jackson would get all the catches. If Cobb was in, Macklin would get the catches, right? Um, Mac Macklin definitely seems to be de- developing to the guy. Uh, he even though Deshaun Jackson almost had a hundred yards, uh, Macklin had about two or three more catches than he did, and he's just he might be the most consistent threat on um, receiving threat right now. Yeah, even though you know, he uh, he likes he likes to drop the ball too. A bad day. Yeah, you know what? I, what's impressive about Macklin uh, already? He's uh, matched his. Uh, Total number of catches from last year. He's already gone over the number of yards he had. He had around 700 last year. He's got over 850, I think, this year. And he's already doubled his touchdowns from uh, four to eight. Like by the, by the time the season ends, like he's easily going to finish with over 70 catches, uh, a little over a thousand yards, and probably over 10 touchdowns. And that's that's a great jump from uh, year one to year two, especially when you consider like oh, he Pro Bowl numbers. You know, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what you know what's most impressive about it is when you look at this offense. And uh, I was watching the game with some people last night. And we were talking about backup running backs and things like that. Who the Eagles should have? I'm thinking there's only one football. <laughs> it's, it's it's tough to put up insane numbers in this offense because every week it could be somebody else. Are right, you going to cover this guy? We're going to throw to this guy. You oh, you take him away? Okay, fine. We're going to take this guy. So it is impressive what Macklin has done, considering that. It's not just him. Right. You know? And he, he's done a really good job with it. it is, you know, and I had this conversation with some people, too. It's tough to... If I had my druthers and I knew everybody was healthy, yeah, Hakeem Nix is probably a better pure fit opposite the showing because they're so different. you got the big physical guy versus the pure speedster. Right. I can't get, I can't get mad at the Eagles for taking Macklin over Nix. I can't. No, not at all. Probably not. 
Because you, you have to get to it. If Deshaun gets hurt, you still have speed. Right. And Deshaun could get hurt. <laughs> but, so, yeah, so Macklin's been phenomenal. I, I can't be upset. I think Hakeem Nicks overall is the more productive player, but I can't get mad at him taking Macklin. But we'll get back, and we'll talk to this on the other side again. Uh, this is G. Cobb at the house. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? We're back here on G-Cob in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Teddy Bases and Haran Knight of gcob.com. And we are joined now by Richie Quinones. How you doing, Richie? I'm doing well, guys. Always good to talk to you and uh, enjoy the show as always. How's everyone? We got a full-on roundtable here this evening. Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, Richie, you know, you can join us because we, we were just talking about this. Uh, you, you follow the Giants very closely. Right. When you look back at the 9 draft, would you, if you're if you're an Eagles guy, are you mad they didn't get Hakeem Nix? Because everyone you got to love Hakeem Nix; he's phenomenal. But you, I can't be mad at the. We were just talking about this before. I can't be mad at the Eagles for grabbing Macklin. You know, if I'm the if I'm the Raiders, I'm probably a little upset. You know, I came out of Darius Hayward Bay out of that lot. No, no. I mean, you know, the, the, the greatest thing about the draft is it makes for great fodder because it's it's always after the fact. Um, I think Macklin and and, and 
I'm not, forgive me, someone made an excellent point. You know, Macklin, uh, to me, is a good route runner. He's got good hands. You know, I know the Eagles, some of the wideouts have had uh, over the recent weeks uh, some capes of uh, the dropsies, so to speak. But, look, I mean, Hakeem Nix is, he's just one of those players where he's got that Michael Irvin X physique. He can make a move after he catches the football. He's physically imposing from that standpoint, sure. He's just... Macklin's never going to be that guy, but I still think Jeremy Macklin is a very good wideout, and he fits the system. He fits what the Eagles are doing right now with trying to go with their underneath routes and obviously trying to stretch the field. They're both very good wideouts. No, they really are, and actually that whole crop of wide receivers, I mean, the, I, should, I shouldn't say the Titans should be happy with Britt because I think that's a day-to-day thing down there. Right. One day they might like him, and the next day they're probably sick of him. But Harvin... Uh, you know, it really, Crabtree is an excellent receiver. The guys that really screwed up are the Raiders. Darius Hayward Bay is terrible. I, well, but that's it, a, I mean, that's, look, I mean, I, I did a mock draft, and I got killed when I thought the Raiders were going to go a wide out. That's what the Raiders do. They they just they don't understand what football is about, what the draft is about. Now, granted, this year they played hard, they played better, but that was a very good draft. For wide receivers, I mean, you guys bring up great points, and, and I think the way the game has evolved, I mean, if you really go back and you look at, I don't know, and I don't know, maybe you guys might agree or disagree with this, but if you look at some of the wideouts that were drafted with Bay and Crabtree and Macklin and, and Harvin and Nix and, and, and Britt, and even in the second round, a couple guys, you know, guys that are so-so players, it seems to me... Yeah. It's more. It's so offensive orientated now. I mean, we always talk about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Now it's wideouts. Now it's running backs. I mean, these guys are being drafted in the top ten, top twelve, top thirteen because teams are looking for that explosive, that home run hitter. And I haven't seen that over the last fifteen years. I think I've just seen this over the last three, four, five years. The guy that can really touch the ball and has a chance to go the distance every time. It seems like a lot of teams are enamored with that big-time playmaker. Yeah, I mean, the Bills took Spiller. I mean, uh, <clears throat> this year he's, he's done nothing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone wants someone that can stretch the field. And it's you kind of get drunk on, on the highlights, and I think that's what happens. You're looking like, oh, my God, imagine this guy. You know, you watch, like, Dexter McCluster highlights. <laughs> blow your mind. Um <laughs> So, so, yeah, that, that does happen. We've certainly seen it with the Eagles recently, which I hadn't seen it for 10 years prior. But, uh, when, you know, when it, it's funny. When it comes to the running backs, too, if you look at the league right now, why would you spend a first-round pick on a running back? Who are, the, who are two of the top running backs right now? Arian Foster and, and Peyton Hillis? Yes. yes why, exactly. Why would you – I mean, what do you guys think? Because when, last year when the, uh, the Bills – I'm sorry, the Broncos took no show – and Josh McDaniels said, oh, I know how tough it is to get these running backs. It was important to go get one. And I was thinking, are you out of your mind? It's so tough to go get one. <laughs> Draft three or four in the fifth round. You block for them. They're probably going to be okay. Yeah, you I remember I thought Brian the Eagles would have grabbed a third round pick. Go ahead. Yeah, Brian Westford was a third-round pick even. And, uh, like you said, drafting these guys hot, a first-round pick is uh, a guy you want that last, ideally, um, more than just uh, five or six years before right. they start to fade out. And these running backs, uh, when they get so overworked 
and uh, once they hit that wall after they've hit, had so many carries, then it, they just hit that wall, and then they're never the same. So that's a good point. They do wear them out. Because if you're good, you're going to keep getting the ball. I mean, look at Marion Barber in Dallas. Toast. Right. Yeah, well, because that running style is going to wear down. Look back yeah, at well, Alec- Alexander. He was yeah. like an MVP, and then like a year or two later, he just fell hole. off the mat. <laughs> and, and and those backs like Barber and, and Adrian Peterson, and uh, they run, I, I call them violent runners. I mean, these are guys that they, they want to absorb contact, they want to dish out contact, and those guys don't hang around too long. I mean, you know, the, the, the NFL, the life expectancy is probably five years. Running back, if you can last two, three years, if you can get a peak four or five years, that's why I think it's amazing what LaDainian Tomlinson's doing. Even yeah. Westbrook the other night turning back the clock. Um, it, it's amazing just how these guys take the pounding, but yet some of them can last in the league, and then others who run very violent, they they, they flame out real fast. Yeah, and you have to think that one of the things that you know would, would – it's funny, this would absolutely lengthen their life expectancy, but you know no one is ever going to do it, is to take a year off. No one would ever do it. No, but, not a chance. No, you, you you can't do it. You can't. That I mean, look at look at Vic still has his legs under him at thirty one. Uh, look at Ricky Williams from just off smoking weed or whatever. I mean, he didn't, he didn't <laughs> voluntarily that's take the a year only off. reason why he's not playing anymore. <laughs> he's still yeah. playing. Plus, he's probably tired half the time anyway nowadays. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I think one running back could have probably done that, and that's Tiki Barber. He got out at the top of his game, and there were actually rumors that he wanted to come back, obviously, because of what happened from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, divorce and money-wise. But that's a guy that, you know, kept himself in very good football shape, um, realized that, hey, let me get out while I still have some knees and legs. I bet you if T.G. Barber, maybe a year or two ago, if he wanted to come back after a year retirement, he probably could have been a pretty serviceable back. He could have been a, a, a pretty decent back. Look at yeah, Barry probably. Sanders. And Barry Sanders yes. left, and yes. he could have played like another two, three years, and he would have been a record holder. Actually, it only took him one more year, and he would have broke the all-time record. Yeah, right. yeah, he just didn't care. And it's right. so funny, you know, as fans and media, you look and you say, "Wow, you just had to do this, this," and he didn't care. It's it's so much more important to everybody else than a lot of times it is to these players. He didn't care. Remember, Marcus Allen was interviewing him and Emmett Smith. Uh, eight years ago, maybe. This is, and he was like, "Why'd you do it? Why'd you retire?" And he just looked at him. He's like, "When did you want me to retire? When did you think it would be okay?" <laughs> and I thought about. It, I was like, "Yeah, pretty good answer." Exactly. <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you care? <laughs> you, you, uh, try run, run, you try running behind a lion's um, line for ten years. See what happens. <laughs> oh, just even playing for that organization. You know, I heard someone many, say. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you guys off. Just real quick on the Barry Sanders. I I heard someone bring up this point. When you look at Barry Sanders, and and, and I thought he was, to me, he's one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen. Um, The yards lost. And I told somebody, because I had an opportunity when I used to work at NFL Films, we used to watch a lot of tape. And I would say, hey, look look at the line. This guy has to dance all over the place just to make that first defender miss, just to see a little bit of daylight. And they're like, well, he, he, he's been tackled for X amount of yards loss and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what, I'll take that 
any day of the week to watch him break a 75-yarder. I mean, he had to create the hole. Mm-hmm. And you had the game plan for him. I mean, that's the bottom line. You had to have a plan for him every week. Um, but I will say this, and I'm, I'm maybe the biggest Barry Sanders fan. I love the – I mean, watching him – Thanksgiving was – it's just not the same anymore. Thanksgiving for 10 years was a true treat. You're like, oh, no matter what, we get to watch Barry. And – but everyone has said over the years, well, if he had Dallas's line – yeah, true. But <clears throat> Emmett Smith's style fit that line so perfectly. He was just go, just straight ahead go. Oh, I'm just going to go. Barry, right. I, I don't think Barry would have had the same exact success Emmett did. He would have been able to do different things for sure. But, but would you really say that he would have been better than Emmett Smith based on? I mean, em, Emmett had these, I mean, holes the size of you know of a barn. We all know that. But his style was perfect for it. Then run straight ahead. There's the whole go. You know, Barry didn't really run that way. Do you think he would have been more effective than Emmett Smith? It, it's hard to say because because of, of his the difference in styles. Um, he definitely would have been more successful than he was in Detroit. That's the only thing I can well. say. <laughs> I mean, which which isn't saying much, but <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a fair point. I mean, I, I look. Barry Sanders had that that. The low center of gravity. I mean, you you look at his lower body with his his trunk and his thighs, and that's where his power came from. Can you imagine sticking him behind a line of, you know, you know, five Pro Bowl players that are, are beefed up to three fifty plus? I mean, you know, Emmett Smith. I always thought was a very good running back, and I know towards the end, I mean, his goal was to break. Peyton's record. I mean, he wanted to compile, and I had no problem with that. I mean, Emmett Smith's one of the toughest backs I've ever seen. I mean, I remember the game in '93 when he got hurt against the Giants. The bust um, shoulder. I still think back. Yeah, I mean, he he just he was just he was unconscious that day. Um, I just think Barry Sanders. You're you're never going to see a guy that size to do what he does, and it was it was finesse. But I also think there was a little power involved in. You know, can you imagine if he would have played with John Elway with, with Denver's line? I mean, they can stick anyone back there and they'll run for a thousand yards every year. Oh, they put a Landis Gary back there and did it. Yes, right. No, you're right. I mean, we're all gonna. That's the big thing with Barry is, is you watch him and you say, what if, what if, what if? There's, you know, what if he had a quarterback for more than what one year? <laughs> when Scott Mitchell had a good year, what if he had an offensive line or a team? I mean, that's and that's essentially what happened to him. It wasn't about records or him being tired of playing. He's just tired of it. Like, I'm on Detroit. It sucks. <laughs> we're, we're mediocre every year. Because remember, they weren't awful when he was there. They were okay. They made the playoffs here and there. But he was just like, I'm done. This is terrible. <laughs> it's awful. But uh, isn't, that, isn't that what happens? Don't some of the greatest players who played in all four majors, some of the greatest ones that ever played, never had an opportunity to play for a championship? Yeah, Archie Manning theory, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, look, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this division and wrap up the Eagles. Uh, we will come right back here and finish everything up on GCOB in the house. VoiceAmericaSports.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk with their combined experience of 60 years in the woods. Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, guys. We're back here on G. Cobb in the house of VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren, along with Denny Basins, Ron Knight, and GCOB.com, Richie Quinones. And we've talked about the Eagles and somehow got into a Barry Sanders conversation, which <laughs> never a problem with me, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Richie, brought, you brought something up over the break when we were talking about parity and, and who's the best team and this and that. In the, we'll look at the <coughs> NFC East first in, in, in the division and even just overall. <clears throat> um, obviously, a lot of people of Philadelphia, they love to get their Super Bowl talk in. I mean, is this a, the Eagles are a flawed team, but everybody's a flawed team. If you, everyone's talking about the Falcons, if they're the best, well, the Eagles beat them badly. Do, you, do the Eagles have a shot because everyone else is so flawed? Do the Giants have a shot because everyone else is so flawed? Who do you guys yeah, you know. who, you, who are you liking out of the division? 
Uh, I like the Eagles out of the out of the division, but um, I think you're right. Uh, everybody's flawed, and that's thing. Everybody, you could look at all the uh, top six teams in the NFC: the Packers, the Saints, the Falcons, the Eagles, the Giants. Uh, all of them have their flaws, and for that reason, like uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they're not as good a team away from their dome. Uh, the Saints don't have a great defense. The Packers are banged up. The Eagles don't have a great defense. Uh, the Giants are banged up. Like just these little things. Uh, there's no one dominant team that's asserted themselves yet. But uh, like you said, everyone's got a shot. Yeah. yeah well, um, go ahead, Ron. Yeah. Um, they, it's like Denny said. Everyone has a shot. It's it's really hard to predict too. I mean, it all depends on who takes care of the last four or five games of the season, like the Eagles control their destiny, but at the same time, they still got to take care of a Dallas team that is still that monkey on the back after last year to take care of them. That's still a concern. If they take care of them, they still got to take care of the Giants one more time, and they, Minnesota they got to take care of. They, they could be very well be 12-4, and four, or they could be 10-6. and six. You just never know. It's all about... How they prepare and bring everything to the table and get healthy, and the rest, the rest of the the whole conference is pretty much in the same boat. Well, speaking of getting healthy, I mean the Giants are just—they are getting destroyed with injuries. I mean the receiving squad—they signed Michael Clayton and uh, Devin Thomas. They had no—they had no choice. They had no choice. I mean, right, here's a question. Here's a question. Why wouldn't they? Do, and I know this guy gets ragged on. He's really not that bad. Why is it, Why wouldn't they get Reggie Brown? They, they, I mean, they're come on, stop. They're not. They're not going to get. I mean, wait, Richie, Richie, are you telling me that Reggie Brown is worse than Devin Thomas, who's never done anything at the NFL level, and Michael Clayton has been here for six years? They're, they're both apples. Yeah, no, yeah, right. I mean, apples and apples. I can't because the, I think the Giants they had to do it as an emergency move. They they had a they had to bring in a body. I mean, the bottom line is they're hoping they get. Uh, Nick's back soon. Steve Smith is still day to day with the pictorial, pictorial muscle that injury. He's going to try to give it a go now. Um, he practiced on Wednesday. Took a little time off later in the week. He's going to try to give it a go, from what I'm hearing, Sunday. But look, Boss is nicked up. Deal's nicked up. O'Hara's nicked up. Sean Andrews is nicked up. Oh, the whole the line is destroyed. <laughs> but I think to get some players back, and it's a game they should win. Um, Going back to what you guys were talking when we came back in the break about just the NFC as a whole, I think the bottom line is, look, every team gets hit with injuries. you got to sustain it. you got to roll with the punches. Guys have to step up, and they have to step in. The Giants are going to reestablish the ground game. you got to win in December. That's it. You can't afford to have two or three-game losing streaks in December. You just can't. It's too late in the season. So I think the real thing is Washington – you know, let me ask winnable this. games, Minnesota and Green Bay, and, and of course against the Eagles. Oh, yeah, but the Eagles and Giants don't, don't have an easy road ahead. Uh, a question for you, though, because we don't know. Well, actually, do you know what, what the win situation is going to be like? Because, I mean, traditionally, Eli Manning has not played well at home late. A lot of because the win, he ends up. What is, what no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the old middle answer was always that 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 North Quarter and the, the the corner. I mean, we saw that a couple of years ago when he missed Smith down the sideline against the Eagles. That's he's just not, you know, his he's got 
he doesn't have a bad arm. I think the, the knock on Eli, some of the passes are yucky and ugly, but the bottom line is they're going back to their bread and butter. In December, at home, in New York, they're going to run the football. That's pretty much the bottom line. They will run the football. I'm not going to say Gilbride's not going to open up and play it safe. You just really don't have too much margin of error here. I mean, you have to keep pace with the Eagles. You have to beat Washington. And I'm telling you right now, that is a tricky game for the Giants. I'm telling you right now because McNabb, I believe, is 11-6 and in his career against the Giants. He loves playing the Giants. I think he has 17 touchdowns and maybe four picks. That is a tricky spot. It would not shock me if Washington kept that game close and was in that game. The Giants should win it, but if you're a Giant fan, that's a tricky spot Sunday. Where is that game? I'm sorry? Is that that in Washington? That game's in New York. That game's in New York, okay. So, all right, as we wind this up here, so who do you guys like? I mean, all uh, biases aside, uh, who comes out of the NFC East? I got the Eagles coming out of the NFC East as a champion. Why? Yeah, I got to go with the Eagles. I said a couple weeks ago with you guys, I thought the winner of the giant Eagles game is going to win that division. I got to stick with that prediction. I still think it's the Eagles. I mean, it basically comes down to the Eagles schedule. Like, like whatever happened last year against Dallas, even though it's, it's, it's not going to be easy, but it's almost like it's kind of hard seeing them losing to John Kittner twice. They, they should be able to um, – at least do enough play. to beat that team twice, or at least once. They they've already proven that they can beat the Giants, and they actually should have beat the Giants worse than they did in that game. And then Minnesota is if they lose to Minnesota, they don't need to be in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I hear what you're saying, but Minnesota's a, Minnesota and Dallas, they're bad but not bad teams. You look at their record. They they can still stick you any week. They can they can beat you. There's no shame. Go ahead. I I I think it kind of stinks that a team in in the NFC, the NFC, the Giants and or the Eagles can both win ten games, not make the playoffs because you're going to have a disgraceful team come out of the West that might win seven games. I mean that's can you imagine you win the West and the Eagles or the Giants? win the East, and they're a wild card, and they have to travel to play one of these teams, they will be favored in that game. Oh, you'll be doing backflips. You know, Richie, you know it. If, if you, the Giants get in the playoffs and it's like, oh, we got to travel to St. Louis, this, this <laughs> going to be a rough one. I'm just saying objectively, I think it's a joke. No, I know what it's, you're saying. I, I hear you. It's, it's the yeah. way the system is set up. There's no getting around it. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the Eagles should have hosted the Cardinals in that NFC Championship in two, a couple years ago. It, right. It's just one of those unfair ways that they set up the playoffs. Yeah, yeah it happens like that, yep. And, and not to understate it, there is going to be a stink bomb coming out of that West. I mean, because they're trying to tell me last week, wow, this Niners-Cardinals game, it's, you know, they may be bad teams, but they're still in it. It's, still the it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You have three wins, both of those teams, on Monday night, and 12 weeks into the season, three wins between the two yep. teams, and they're both of them only two games out of their division. Yep. That's, that's incredible. That, it, oh. it's, it's been, and you know what? The funny thing is the Rams, when you look at Bradford, I think is just going to be a great quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be their division for the next five, six, seven years. 
Yeah, unless somebody right. else uh, goes and gets a quarterback, which is not good. But look, guys, I appreciate you coming and hanging out with me. We got to run. Uh, that's our show for this week. I'm Michael Warren along with Denny Basin, Aron Knight, Richie Quinones. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me. We'll do it all again next week. Steve Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Take care, guys. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.